So in today's episode, we're going to continue our conversation that we began last week about how to create a learning culture, what it takes in the discipline uh, that you need to cultivate a culture where companies are smart and quick to adapt and adjust and expand their learning and learn at every turn of the corner. So uh, we felt this was an important enough topic to go a little bit deeper today. So let's jump in. Come on in, grab a snack, welcome. Hey, Bob. Hey, Joyce. I'm excited <laughs> about today's conversation. <laughs> and I am too, and I'm so happy to he hear so many people that are listening to us sending comments that were heard. It just feels yeah. good. And uh, in fact, I've had someone recently uh, who worked with me 38 years ago, uh, write to me to talk about um, learning organization. Oh, wow. He That's was a lawyer. He was, a, he, I won't say he was a lawyer with Hannaford. Anyhow. You know who you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. All right. Continuous learning is a reflex or a habit. It's just built in. You just do it. And, um, we have seen it live <laughs> over time. So this is not, I want to say you build this, you build a learning culture step by step by step by creating the same sort of methodology and thought process in a lot of what you do. You do not announce we are going to become a learning culture and send out how to do it. <laughs> That's right. This isn't training. <laughs> Nobody learns. Okay. Continuous learning is a reflex. Learning is supported at all levels of the organization. People include lessons learned on their reports of work that's been finished. People learn subject matter and they learn how to learn. I'm thinking I once ran a supervisory group where we brought the policy manual in, but yeah. new supervisors would come together, share a dilemma, and we would talk about a solution. And then they would look up what the policy said to see if it supported it or needed to be changed. That's very specific, detailed learning. So yeah. learning is not amorphous. It's grounded in yeah. fact. What I, what I like about that is if the training, if it was policy training uh it would just be regurgitating uh, regurgitating what the policy is and moving on and uh, i'm already asleep is, yeah yeah uh, and you don't remember half of it the next day so giving real dilemmas stories uh and then playing the game and saying hey how close did i come to the policy that's that's a great example or do we want to rewrite policy Anyhow, yeah. the lessons learned sessions are conducted in order to produce specific, permanent, structural, systemic changes. People at all levels are directed to develop opportunities, resources, and systems to encourage self-directed learning. And that's, you know, there's huge support now through technology. So that's that continuous learning. And you know one of the phrases that came out of the of the three day where we you and I were in where we pulled together people from across the world to talk about learning, 
And that's where we said we want it to be like a virus. It's a virus yes. that spreads and grows. And I love the slogan of you want to be a proud learner and a humble teacher. And we really tried to do that. Okay. It need a high, you need a high feedback environment for learning. Yep. People aware, are aware of their impact on others because reactions are shared. People are aware of their performance strengths and needs for development. Think of people that haven't had a development conversation for five years. Yeah. yeah there's an atmosphere of acknowledgement and celebration of achievement. The organization tracks external trends and changes. There is a development review for all associates and multiple viewpoints and dialogue is encouraged. And dialogue is a skill. Yeah, I'd like to tease out something you just said about it involves all associates. I like the inclusiveness of the approach that you're sharing, because oftentimes we think of the top leadership needs to be practicing this or doing this. We're saying right from the grocery store to the boardroom, this is the way we are. This is how we grow and learn. So, And an example, uh, an, an example of that is... Uh, HR at Hannaford was thinking of restructure and how to put things together differently. And we set up a way to gather information from the organization. But we had all of HR have a short training. I did a short training, and it was a training, on the facilitation of conversation. And there was practice so that when we had brought in people from retail, it was every HR person, regardless of role, who led a discussion at a table. That's learning. Well, yeah. And I'll tell you, and I know this was a practice that we put in place where if we were going through a big organizational change or a transformation or a restructuring one of the ways that we continued to adapt and learn is we brought together a group, a cross-functional group, like it could be every week, every other week, once a month, depending on what the change is, and literally get a sense of how things are going and then adjusting. And oftentimes you kind of hit the switch on a transformation or an organizational change, and then you let it roll where having those kind of open forums where people could say, hey, it's not working here or it's impacting this. Uh, it was so informative to to kind of keeping the change on the rails. And, and here's another design for that that uh, I used with a new leader. Mm, I want to say, I'm not sure if it was CEO, I don't think so, but t- a top leader which was pulling together all of the store managers and having them, two questions she asked, what's going well? What needs to be changed immediately? What isn't? And then we divided up that group at tables to talk. One table would do, here's what's, messed up and yeah. articulate it clearly and another would do learning solutions and when that ceo that leader left they had all they needed to create an agenda for three years yeah and it took, yeah. well, that's powerful it, it took four hours people 
And it took uh, a lot of courage on the part of the leader to open up and be receptive to perhaps some ideas that they don't necessarily. And whatever uh, the design, you do not want in that method to have participants leave going, yeah, what are you going to do about it, leader? That's right. The second part is putting them into solution circles. Tell me the solution that you feel would work, and then let's put together a group to implement. So the leader does not accept curing it. The leader accepts facilitating. It's their job to facilitate the Mm -hmm. learning action that solves the problems that arise. Oh, dear, dear, dear. (laughs) Okay, next. Leaders are engaged in the learning process. Um, I kind of remember hating to say that, and I remember being at the board meeting and saying, I hate to say this, but look at how much we learned with a three-minute question of what could we do better tomorrow to mm-hmm. you know, make a board meeting better. Okay, learners take public roles as learners and teachers. Every leader is both a learner and a teacher, a proud learner and a humble teacher. Leaders shall share their developmental goals publicly. Here's what I'm working on, which is so powerful. I believe it was mm. wonderful. We had leaders post what they wanted to work on in the cafeteria. I don't remember where that was, but it was. They kind of resisted, and they, the support they got for it was amazing. Leaders sponsor major organizational initiatives from a learning point of view. Leaders show that they view mistakes as part of continuous learning. You're not punished for mistakes. At least the first mistake. <laughs> I'm not. I saw that. I saw that asterisk. <laughs> I'm not foolish. Leaders recognize learning process itself as valuable, and yeah. I think I think that was true. Oh yeah, I I think the experimentation and the bold shifts uh, that were often coming from the CEO would be an experiment to try doing something very different, but building in the expectation that we're going to stumble. This is new. We're going to learn from it. Mm-hmm. It will probably end up being different than it was from the outset. Yeah, it's, and it can be highly irritated, irritating. Oh, you can be frustrated. Sure. You can even lose your temper, but you can't punish. You can't punish a learner and expect the learner to continue experimentation. All right. Here's the last one. Innovation occurs at the operational level. Organizational structure and systems are redesigned as needed. The core business can be questioned and changed to meet consumer demand. Habits and rituals change periodically. There is a willingness to break old patterns. The core business can be constantly challenged and renewed. Diversity is utilized. People are free to develop their own approach to achieving a result. Even that, because we had a tendency to tell people through checklists how to do their job. And I just created a checklist. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. So, yes, I did. So anyhow, that's called Conditions for a Learning Culture. And if you feel like you'd like a copy of that, um, let us know. How we'll do it, yeah. I'm not sure yet, but we will do that. Well, 
you can just uh, email us at bobandjoyce.com uh, uh, and, and it will get through. And I'm thinking how vulnerable learning can be. Like, Larry, I'm so vulnerable. I have a computer tutor. I feel so stupid. Mm. I dread when she comes. Really? Yeah, because, well, she's um, she's teaching, and there is some yeah. training needed. But, um, yeah, fear is just no good for learning because part of your brain is saying, oh, my gosh, i got to protect myself from looking stupid. Oh, my gosh, I've got to protect myself because I may forget what is being taught. So um, learning... You need to have the fear. Well, the fear is going to be out. Uh, There's another aspect uh, that I see of a learning organization. At an individual level, it means your thinking transforms over time. You know, either Mm -hmm. a new thought or a different way of seeing a situation. You can be characterized as being not grounded or Mm -hmm. wishy-washy. You believe believe this two years ago, and now you're saying we should do X, Y, Z. So there's got to be this kind of built in that out of the learning comes either change thinking or new ways of addressing Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that that may feel a little bit, um, you know, like this person isn't grounded. You know, we did it this way for 20 years, and why do we have to reinvent the wheel? Uh, well, so I remember when I went to the head of marketing and, and said I had been in Louisiana and I came back and said, bottled water is going to be big because it is, I, I've seen the skews, it's going to be big. And the uh, officer in charge of marketing laughed his head off. <laughs> he said, have a drink, why on earth would you put water in bottles? So, <laughs> also, he laughed at well, home delivery. <laughs> so, what the heck? So, you sometimes know, you have to just g- g- give up a point, too. Yeah. You know, one thing that uh, you and I were talking about before today's podcast is about facilitating large group retreats or a meeting, a strategic conversation. And uh, there's the pull and tug about do you want it to be a training session where people come and they leave with new understanding or do you want to be have it be a dynamic learning experience for the group? And mm-hmm. uh, I think adult learning in today's age, uh, it's like your example of the policies. You know, if you just come in and say, here's what your role is, here's what your responsibility is, here's what we need to do better as a board. Yeah, that's reflective, but there's not a lot of learning as opposed mm-hmm. to being talked to. So. Yeah, the exper- the experiential learning model is essential, which is you do something, you reflect on it, you change, you do something else, you reflect on it. Uh, I happen, it's called adult learning. I happen to think progressive schools need yeah. to do more of that. For sure. So experiential For sure. learning uh, sticks. Yeah, <laughs> that you mentioned uh, before uh, when we were talking before we started this. Oh, about the person that irritates when they oh, yes. have an idea or introduce it. 
and I'm I think I was irritating at first, but I also always respected that the company and the top leaders win. It's my job to be persuasive about how an idea fits with yeah. the organizational results. And I think I was made fun of for quite a while. <laughs> I'm not sure, well, but I, I was good-natured about my own idealism. Well, I'll tell you, and I think this is what you're saying about the irritant in the room, the person who asked the kind of yeah. out there question. I have to admit, there have been times when I was the president of a nonprofit board where mm. a board member would say something that I thought was just totally out of sync with what we were talking about. And my first reaction, not that I did it, was to kind of swat it away. Mm -hmm. uh, when in fact, that aberrant thought uh, or outlier could literally be the gateway to a new way of looking at a situation. So it, it takes some patience is my point. And inviting it takes, it takes some courage and it takes some humility. Yeah, of, of, for sure. For the facilitator. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Courage uh, to be challenged. You know, sometimes you just want to swat them and say, hey, I'm running this show, and, which feels learning. Yeah, and let's be clear, we're not talking about someone that likes the sound of their own voice and mm -mm, keeps going mm -mm. and going. We're talking about someone that comes in and throws the, you know, the turd in the, you know, uh, ball. Uh, yeah, I just said it. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, well, let's gross, learn from that. Gross, gross, the from that. gross yeah. images stick. Um I forgot what I was going to say. You made me laugh. No, 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 no. Oh, I know. One of the first things that I did within a month of being hired, the store managers were coming in, and I think I was told to design it or facilitate it. I don't know. And I had just hired a new person, and she was going, who is this lady with the Nerf balls? And, <laughs> and I brought, I did the, dangerous thing of bringing in actual customers from around the districts in Maine. And you would have, I thought it was just a boring old thing to do. And yeah. it was so electrified because there had been a lot of command and control and fear of, oh my gosh, what if they talk about my store and the soggy bagels? And um, it was a little terrifying, as I recall. Yeah. And I, I and I at that in the moment got scared. I got scared. And if you're facilitating learning, you got to shake that off. And so I said, "Would everybody please stand up? I'm brand new here, and I'm going to facilitate a discussion with customers. And would you all turn and face the other wall, and then turn back and give me a standing ovation?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you were in that group, and everybody clapped, and I said, oh, thank you. I'm glad that things went well. Now let's start the meeting. Because <laughs> I'm, oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. So it takes courage to really mean business about learning. Yeah. And I'm going to repeat what I said in the first part of this conversation. What a great diagnostic. So whether you're looking at a team, an organization, mm -hmm. a CEO looking across the organization, 
what a way to go through those conditions that you talked about and having an honest conversation about how, how well do we do this? Where, mm -hmm. where are we missing opportunities? So mm -hmm. it would be um, a good, yeah, it'd be a great, uh, there are all kinds of ways you could put a day long uh, together with this so that it isn't someone reading them. <laughs> you know, you could, yeah. there are eight pages. I think you could give a page to eight people want a page or eight groups or whatever, and then consolidate it. So, yeah, I think it could be yeah. a good tool. It is. And if you are interested in having uh, a copy of what Joyce shared, you can just email us at bobandjoyce.com. And uh, we'd be happy uh, once Joyce gets her new printer and can scan it, uh, we'd be happy to get it out to you. A lot of learning going to go on there, Joyce. We love to hear from you. We love, love, yeah. love, love, love it. So let us know. One aspect of being in the grocery business is I, I felt that we were so transparent and we were open to the public and to our competition that just about anything that we could do well to gain a competitive advantage very often was not that difficult to replicate. So there's this constant battle to stay one step ahead of the competition and to have a unique offering that couldn't be re replicated by your competitor. But today's conversation and last week's conversation about creating a learning organization and having a culture that adapts and adjusts and is smart uh, is that what I call invisible competitive advantage. So I'm sure your company or organization is very similar to what I've described. So I hope you take today and last week's episode to look inside your organization and answer the question, what are we doing well and what do we need to do better? to have a full functioning learning organization. So until next time, be well and be safe.